here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. Welcome into another episode of the Raiders Wire podcast. And uh, man, Marcus, we've been so freaking spoiled with this team, haven't we? I mean, I don't think there's a, another product out there. And I'll include all sports, all reality shows on TV better than the Las Vegas Raiders right now, especially at home at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, Ryan. So where do you want to sit for the Super Bowl? I'm thinking like 50 yard line <laughs> yeah. in Los Angeles. I mean, we're, we're way too early for that. However, a 3-0 start against a pretty tough schedule. Uh, you can't ask for much better than that. So great job by the Raiders so far. No, I was going to ask you where you want to go on vacation during that bye week. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, no, I mean, and this one, uh, you know, against the Dolphins at home was just ridiculous, right? Because they get down 14 nothing, mm-hmm. Then they score 26 unanswered, and it's like – you probably shouldn't go to overtime, but you know, like like we said last week, like John Gruden's a man of the people, and those who buy tickets on the strip this year and come to the game, he's like, he's going to give you your money's worth. Why as well go play some overtime, right? I mean, what a wild game. Yeah, I mean, all they had to do is make an extra point, and that's a two-score game. Yeah, but right. They would go up, I believe, what, 26 to 14? Yeah. Uh, and Daniel Carlson missed the extra point, which allowed the Dolphins to kind of fight their way back into it, so... Yeah, I, I think if anything else, we've learned that this Raiders team is going to be an absolute show all season long. It's must-see TV. Uh, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking before we started recording. I know we said this on a podcast previously. I can't take much more excitement. Like, I, my wife and I are expecting a baby any day now over the next week or so. So, uh, you know, these Raiders games are just, you know, I'm toe-tapping, edge of my seat, screaming at the – one thing I was screaming at the TV over is a Landon Roberts. Now, I said last week oh that you just target whoever Roberts is covering. Yeah. And yeah. they do that. They go to the backup tight end there. And uh, Roberts picks off Carr, and he runs down the sideline, scores. I'm like, Derek Carr, you're killing me. What are you doing? But that was just part of a really rough start for them, right? Yeah, and you kind of had a feeling something like that was going to happen because after the last two emotional wins, you just had a feeling they were going to start off flat. But honestly, I think this is a great thing for the Raiders because they showed again they were able to battle back out of a hole. They didn't get down. They didn't say, hey, this isn't our day. When you're down 14 nothing at home. It would be pretty easy to say, say hey, we're, we're, we'll be 2-1. and one. We're fine. No, they came, they came back and they played really, really well into the third and fourth quarter. And you know what, Ryan? I think this team starts to believe that, hey, if we're in a close game late, we've got a quarterback that knows how to win these games, and we're going to find ways to make plays. And I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, just imagine how good they'd be if they don't screw up all these things, right? <laughs> like, So another thing that if we're nitpicking, and again, this is a great win. I want to get into all this. Sure. Uh, Gruden rolling the dice on that early fourth and one on his own 34. Now, I don't hate him going for it. That's fine. You know, that the whole I got confidence in my guys thing, but no Josh Jacobs. So you basically and you basically run the same play twice with Peyton Barber, right? You just kind of test the other side of the line. I don't hate the decision, I guess. I I mean, it's probably too early, but I just think you'd do something a little bit more creative than, you know, just running the same exact play with Peyton Barber again. So I I definitely hated that fourth and one. It leads to another easy touchdown. And now it's 14 nothing. It's like, oh, here we go. So that decision, I'd like to see them dial something up there. Yeah, I mean, I think you can criticize the play call. I'm never going to criticize them for being aggressive. I think the default... Uh, strategy here for the Raiders is we're going to go out and win games instead of trying to not lose them. And I, I, I will never blame them for that. So, yeah, I think Gruden can make a better call there. But 
at the end of the day, he just he gave it up to the offense to execute. They didn't get it done, but uh, they did they did bounce back when they needed it the most. They did right, and then we get into we get into overtime, and uh, Jacoby Brissett. I mean. I love Brissett. I mean, I think, you know, he's a former Patriot. He's one Patriot, of these, for- yep. yeah, he's one of these former Patriots. I don't, I, I don't hate Marcus. You could probably tell. I, I speak negatively of a lot of former Patriots, sure, but I like Brissett, sure. but a fourth and 20. I mean, come on, as much as I love Brissett, like the fourth, you were tweeting about this. It's like, come on Raiders. Like, come on. They just <laughs> well, got to do this. They just got to make it crazy at the end. And, and if anybody knows anything about Jacoby Brissett, he's not the most mobile guy in the world, right? Like that's just not his game. So, for him to basically bounce outside of the pocket and make a play with his legs and then throw on the run down the field. I mean, I just got flashbacks to last year when the Raiders played the Dolphins in Las Vegas with Ryan Fitzpatrick making crazy plays on fourth down. Uh, You know that the Raider fans had to be thinking the same thing uh, but credit to them for for finding a way to win. It's like it's like you got to be kidding me. But so that was kind of the, the you know craziness that kept the Dolphins in it. But then at the end, the Raiders go and they do what they do at least so far this year, and they finish the game. And Brian Edwards, right? I mean, that guy just loves winning time. And when he yeah. snagged that ball, it was like you got a feeling like all right, it's gonna it's gonna go okay here. Yeah, I I got a good stat uh, that I saw today is. Uh, that Brian Edwards leads the NFL in receiving yards in the fourth quarter in overtime, and he actually has more receiving yards in overtime than he does in all the other four, all the other quarters combined this year, which is kind of crazy. But uh, second for most receiving yards in the fourth quarter, Henry Rudd. So these two young receivers are finding ways to step up and make plays for the Raiders, and it's exactly what they needed, right? Like you can't go to Darren Waller on every single play. You need somebody else to step up, and they're doing exactly that. Yeah, there's some great stats from this game. I think Carr completed a, a pass to like nine different receivers, and he he targeted guys like Renfro and all these guys mm-hmm. a bunch of times, even throwing it to Alec Ingold for a touchdown, right? I mean, got to work on his leap into the crowd, but that you know <laughs> that, that's fine. But you know what I loved? I loved how Gruden approached the time management at the end of this game, uh, yes. personally. Yes. I, I, you see this all the time, these teams just screwing up the end of the game and just... You know, even your Cowboys, just what are they doing here with this clock management? It's like, whoa, just a friendly fire to the Cowboys. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I had well, to. The way they ran the clock down, didn't leave any time left, didn't panic, didn't just rush the field goal team out there like Gruden wanted to do against Baltimore in the Monday night game when before they screwed it up and brought the offense back. Remember that week one? Yeah. So yeah. Go ahead. So which team has had the most egregious uh, clock management situation this year? It, for me, it's the 49ers. He gets the Packers. But what are your thoughts on that one? I have to agree because at least Mike McCarthy could laugh about it with the Cowboys after in the post game and it became a joke. Like, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So it might have been Dallas. But yeah, no, I mean, you can't leave Aaron Rodgers 40 seconds. Like, that's basically what no. you, like, you can't only needing a field goal. Absolutely not. I, I don't understand that one at all. The, the 49ers, your main goal should be let's not give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers in any circumstance. And yet that's exactly what they did. I, I don't know why these coaches continue to have problems with him. So credit to Gruden, right? Gruden basically said, hey, we're either going to win this game on a field goal or we're going to have a tie. It, there's going to be no other possible solutions. So again, I give credit for Gruden for playing it that way. I have a bonus. Uh, not to pick on your Cowboys, but I have a bonus one too, Marcus. Uh, week one, where the Cowboys could either go for it on fourth and six and run some more clock and try to kick the field goal or kick the field goal right away and give Brady a minute 20. I thought mm. that fourth and six decision... I think the analytics say you kick the field goal, but 
Zerline, if you remember, had been really shaky in that game, and I thought maybe <laughs> sure. just go for it on fourth down, try to, and you you kick the short field goal with no time left, and that's how you beat the Bucks. I mean, the thing is, these coaches got to know who's on the other side, right? Yeah, I've seen yeah. this argument on social media over the last couple of days. It's well, hey, your defense has to step up and make a play. Sure, but this is what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers live for, right? They love these situations where that's 40 seconds and all they got to do is get 40 yards. Like, th- this is what they were born to do. Uh, don't even give them that chance. You, you got to know better. We were kind of joking about, you know, the bye week and the Raiders <laughs> are going to the playoffs. Well, the last time they were 3-0, and they went to the freaking Super Bowl in 2002. Yes, Marcus has been writing that uh, about that on Raiders Wire. We're going to get into some funny, crazy odds. Where are the Raiders right now at 3-0 and mm. in, in the AFC West? Uh, we'll talk about all that coming up next. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week number four of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays. After a forgettable week three, Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback of the New England Patriots, takes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. While normally I would avoid a rookie quarterback against this pass rush, the pass rush just hasn't been there yet for the Bucs. Only Washington has given up more points to quarterbacks, and that's mainly due to allowing a pair of rushing touchdowns. No team has given up more yardage than Tampa there's a good chance that Tom Brady's offense will force the Patriots to throw more than they'd like. Running back Jonathan Taylor at the Miami Dolphins. Traditionally, I avoid players who are considered to be locks for lineups each week, but Taylor's been off to a sluggish start. In the event you're one of those antsy gamers who's looking to possibly bench him, a trip to the Miami Dolphins defense should do wonders. This unit has given up over 120 rushing yards, over 52 receiving yards, and a touchdown every 20.4 touches. This is a top 10 matchup across the board for fantasy football purposes. Lock in Taylor and expect a strong game despite the offensive line issues at the moment. Wide receiver Christian Kirk, Arizona Cardinals at Los Angeles Rams. Playing more than 60% of his snaps from the slot, Kirk is averaging a career high in fantasy points per game and a career high in receiving average. DeAndre Hopkins still may not be 100% by kickoff after suffering a rib injury in week two, and he and AJ Green will have to contend with two of the strongest cornerbacks in the NFL. Expect the strong defense by the Rams on the outside to divert Kyler Murray to throwing inside to Christian Kirk. Rookie tight end Pat Fryer moves to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Green Bay Packers. He is clearly the go-to tight end with Eric Ebron falling way behind on the target count. And Fryermuth has been more productive. This is a matchup that has game script for pass-heavy offense written all over it. Only one team has given up more receptions to tight ends than the Packers. This is the ninth best matchup to face for yardage. And this is the fourth best team to face for scoring efficiency. Target hog wide receiver Deontay Johnson is expected to return. There's no guarantee that he'll be 100%. While we may be one month into the season already, it's not too late. Go over to thehuddle.com to check out our award-winning fantasy football news, information, and advice. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's USA today bet.com slash podcast see typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado all right Marcus you had some really interesting stats from 538.com a 70% chance to be one of the AFC's six playoff teams so this is where we're at right now with the Raiders I mean they've won a couple games that a lot of people probably didn't think they were going to win and now they've put themselves 
in the drive. And we're only three weeks in. This sounds ridiculous. We even have an extra game this year, right? So there's 17. Yes. And we're already talking about the Raiders. They have a 70% chance of making the playoffs. They're in the driver's seat. Like, I gotta, I almost want to stop myself, but that's where we're at. Well, I think the thing is now with how well they're playing and their schedule gets easier as the season goes on, I think it's very realistic for this team to get to nine or ten wins. And if they can continue to have success in the division, there's really no reason why they can't at least compete with the Chiefs and the Chargers for uh, the division crown. So uh, they've got a huge game this week against the Chargers. Uh, I saw 538 tweeted out that if the Raiders would happen to win that game, their odds to make the playoffs would shoot up to like 88, 89%. Oh God. <laughs> Pretty good odds there, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, if the Raiders don't make the playoffs, Ryan, I think it would be a massive, massive disappointment. Yeah, no doubt. And, and the site gives them a 33% chance to win the AFC West. So they're tied with the Broncos at 3-0. The Broncos have had, I think they've had the easiest three-game stretch in NFL history, Marcus. Yes. <laughs> Giants, yes. Jags, and Jets to start the season. So jury's still out on the Broncos. The Chiefs are like, you still want to feel like they're the team in that division, even at 1-2, and two, but man... You got a two-game lead on the Chiefs if you're the Raiders right now. So, I mean, I well, let me turn this back on you. Let yeah, me turn please. this back on you. I'm looking at the odds right now on Tipco, and um, it looks like the the Chiefs are still the favorites to win the division. They are minus one ten to win this uh, win the division. Where do you go with that? Where are the Raiders at? Uh, the Raiders are plus five fifty. They yeah, actually I- have the worst. Uh, they have the worst odds to win the division of yeah, any team. I think some. I think someone's like they. They got to update those odds on Tipico, right? I, I, I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders. So I think you're, you've got a two game lead. I'll, I'll read through them. It's Chiefs plus 100, so even even money. Yep. Broncos plus 300. Chargers plus 350. Raiders plus 550. I think there's some value on the Raiders, right? At three and zero. Especially if they win next week. Like, what do those odds look like, Ryan? If they beat the Chargers in week four. Are they plus 250? Yeah. Are they plus yeah. 200? And now you've just collected all that value. And you know, the Chiefs, yes. like, they're sharing the league lead with the Lions. Now, you never want to share anything with the Lions. The Chiefs, are they, they've allowed 95 points in their three games, yeah. right? That's over 31 a game. Like, Patrick Mahomes is amazing, but even he's going to have a hard time covering uh, if the Chiefs are going to give up that many points a game. Like, no, they're, you know, they're going to struggle. Well, and here's the, the sneaky part about the Chiefs is of all the teams in the division, they're probably the healthiest right now. Like, they've got their core on offense is healthy. Their offensive line is healthy. Most of their guys on defense are healthy. What is that team going to look like if Travis Kelsey goes down for five weeks, right? Like, there there's just not a lot of wiggle room here for the Chiefs to, to be a 12-13 team like, win team like we're used to seeing. So, it's very interesting. The most interesting division in football right now by far. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And Broncos and Raiders, the only the only undefeated teams in the AFC for the second straight week, right? Like who <laughs> who saw that? I got another I got a futures bet for you, Marcus. Sure. On Tipico. Derek Carr, plus two thousand to be the league MVP. I mean, how how all in are we ready to go? I mean, Carr I I know he's never gonna be really discussed in the pantheon of the you know the great quarterbacks right now that are playing, but mm. he's he's not only leading the NFL in passing yards with over twelve hundred. He's he's crushing the league in passing yards right now. It's and his downfield passing has been unbelievable. Like his touch on those deep balls has been unbelievable. He's he's throwing the ball better than I've ever seen him throw it. So I believe he's over twelve hundred passing yards, and there's only two other quarterbacks in the league uh, that are over. Uh, 950. I think it's Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah. like, he's crushing the rest of the league right now. But will he be able to keep up those numbers? I, I don't know. I still think there's better bets out there. I think Matt Stafford is a better bet. I think Kyler Murray is a better bet. But 
I mean, the most important thing is Carr's playing, I think, the best football of his career. So it's not an awful bet at 20 to 1. Yeah, I mean, five different Raiders saw five plus targets against Miami. Six players caught three passes, and nine different receivers caught a pass. I mean, that is now, just that's just spreading the love, man. I love it. I, I I don't really want to compare him to this player because it's it's not fair. But it feels a little bit like Pete Tom Brady in New England, right? Where everybody's seeing a bunch of targets. There's no one guy that you can key on, except for Waller, who's kind of you know doing the Gronk impression, but. That's what this offense feels like, right? It's just highly efficient and it's t- difficult to stop. Yeah, no, you, you're not allowed to bring up that name this week of all weeks, Marcus. You know Brady's coming back to Gillette. Uh, you know it's going to be very emotional, a very emotional. By the line. way, is, that is the dumbest line that I've seen all week. I think Six that, and a half, fucking, right? Like, it's yeah. so dumb. What's going it's on so with that? Dumb. Yeah, that was worse than the line. I saw you tweeting about the Packers line last night, too. It's like... Uh, Six and a half? Is that like a what? There's so many people on the Patriots side of this, and it's like, what are you guys? Are you we watching the same games? Like the Patriots, yeah, like, especially oh. Tom Brady coming off the loss, right? Like he's going to be so hyper focused in that game. That's a dumb line. Go get that now before it moves up to seven, seven and a half, eight. Now, maybe we're not ready to bet Derek Carr as the MVP, but I think we're all happy to bet Bucks over Patriots at six and a half. Yes, this yes. weekend. Uh, Go pay off your houses, everybody. Raiders Chargers <laughs> on Monday night. I mean, this is. I feel like it's going to be another wild game. It just sets up just like you look at it on paper. It feels like it's going to be great. Marcus and I will get into the spread on that one and uh, yeah, maybe pick a side. We tend to do that. We'll do it coming up. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of BetSlippin Podcast and SportsbookWire.com here with my colleague Jeff Clark to break down the marquee Sunday night football matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New England Patriots. The Buccaneers are six-and-a-half-point road favorites at minus 122 odds in the battle of Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick. Buccaneers are my pick to win by seven or more. This line seems soft. I don't care about Brady-Belichick. This is a Super Bowl-caliber Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Hasn't looked apart so far. Better days are ahead, and those are going to come against rookie Mac Jones and the Patriots. Jeff. I'm with you. I got the Buccaneers. I'll lay more than a touchdown or whatever it gets to. Brady's got all the motivation and all the help around him that Belichick doesn't. And Mac Jones is graded out or, excuse me, is discussed as if he were better than the rookie quarterbacks, whereas I think he's as bad as the rookie quarterbacks. And we should see a get-right game for the Tampa Bay defense that struggled through the first three weeks. I'll lay whatever with the Bucs. Let's just call it a touchdown. That was your typical sports book. Fantasy Minute. Win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Marcus, I uh, I love this matchup, right? And oh yeah, this is an interesting spot for the Raiders. They're three and zero. Oh, they're a three and a half point underdog at LA, and I think we can all agree the Chargers don't get the same kind of support out there as the Rams do. No, right? for obvious no. reasons, the Rams are a really good team. They've been there longer. Uh, these teams split last year. Raiders won in LA. Lost by a field goal in overtime last year in that game that Marcus Mariota played almost the whole way. Derek Carr missed mm-hmm. that one. I like the Chargers in this one. I do. Uh, I think you look at who the Raiders have played quarterback-wise, Marcus, 
And I, and, I, and I do think that their defense has been a huge positive. The Raiders are competing on defense. They did it again this past week. But, I mean, they've played Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, and Jacoby Brissett. And when you're making mistakes out there, and they've had mistakes in every game, maybe not the Steelers game, they were pretty good all the way through. But the, the Ravens and the uh, Dolphins game, they made all kinds of mistakes. And they didn't really face quarterbacks that made them pay for it. They didn't get torched for it. I look at Justin Herbert, and I'm like – Oh man, you make a mistake, you throw a pick six, you might not be able to recover, uh, you know, from that against uh, Justin Herbert. I, I know you love him, I love him too, I and I just think this is a, a tough spot for the Raiders to, you know, pull the rabbit out of the hat again against a pretty good team on the road in the division. I'm on the I'm on the Chargers side of this for some reason. I'm really high on the Raiders right now, but I don't love the spot. So. Uh, you're going to have a hard time getting me to say anything bad about Justin Herbert because I think he's absolutely phenomenal. He he is a superstar. Man crush territory, um, right? For, for yes. sure. Yeah. Yes. However, what do you think the split is going to be between Raider and Charger fans in that game? Because okay. I'm, I'm I think there's going to be more Raider fans there than Charger fans. Definitely possible. Okay. Three and a half seems like a lot of points for divisional matchup, right? Like, I think it's very likely the Chargers win, but I think they maybe win by a field goal right at the end, right? So I'm getting an extra half a point. I, I, I think the Raiders are a better bet here. Again, I'm not picking them to win, but we've seen this game come down to the last play and sometimes even the last yard multiple times over the last couple of years. And let me not – I, I want to finish with this. Gus Bradley, a revenge game, a Casey Hayward yes, revenge game yes, against the Chargers. Yes. Who would know how to stop Justin Herbert better than Gus Bradley? It uh, doesn't mean he's going to completely stop him and they're going to shut him out, but can they hold him to 24, 27 points? I think that's potentially possible. What do you think about on the Chargers side with Brandon Staley and what he's brought to that defense? Um, I mean, the Raiders are killing teams down the field right now. That's really yes. where they're living. And I just worry. I mean, Staley seems like he's got a clue. That defense has been pretty good. They're, they're holding teams down a little bit. They did a pretty good job against Mahomes. And you just wonder... Will they have the personnel and like the wherewithal to kind of shut down that deep passing game with Carr and, and maybe make them a little bit more uncomfortable? Maybe make them sustain longer drives, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic X's and O's matchup right? it because is. basically it is. what Staley wants to do is force you to, to dink and dunk all the way down the field and to run the ball, right? He's going to dare you to run the ball. Well, if the Raiders have Josh Jacobs in this game, I don't think John Gruden has any problem at all just giving the ball to Josh Jacobs 25 times, but can they be efficient enough on third down and can they score when they get in the red zone? It's really going to be the key to the game, but I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch those two guys go uh, against one another. Yeah. And Staley's just, he, that's his thing, right? Is taking away the deep ball. And and that's right. where Carr Carr has been doing his damage. So it's it's a really so is fascinating. This a, is, yeah. is this a, like a Hunter Renfro game where he has like eleven receptions just in the middle of the field on every single third down? I like Maybe. it. He's playing Maybe. well. He's playing well. And the totals at fifty two and a half. I'm listening to your commentary there, Marcus, and I'm almost thinking like maybe the unders in play. But the the Chargers are going to hit theirs. I mean, Herbert's going to hit a few plays. Yeah. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is playing really well. But the Raiders have scored at least 26 in all three of their games. You don't really we don't usually think of the Raiders as this high scoring offense, but they've scored at least 26 in every game. So there's a chance that both of these teams could be in the high 20s and push for an over. But the uh, the totals at 52 and a half. So what do you think? about that? Yeah, it is a lot. It's a it's a lot. And it's a divisional game on Monday Night Football. I, again, I think the I think the Chargers are going to dare the Raiders to play this dink and dunk run heavy style of offense, which actually will help them stay in this game but it's going to shorten the clock so 
I kind of think a 27-24 type of game feels about right. All right, Marcus. Patriots Bucks. Um, I, I, I've been workshopping this take, but I don't think Henry McKenna with the Patriots wire liked it. So I'm going to run it by you. Uh, I thought I think the Patriots only chance is to make Tom Brady uh, a, a puddle of emotion. They have to play uh, tribute videos every quarter. They have to, you know, Belichick has to go out and try to hug him after he breaks the passing record. Like they have to do yep. everything they can to make Tom sad and nostalgic. And that's their best chance of winning. Yeah, and I don't even know if that's going to matter. So I'm just I'm telling everybody right now. I'm trying you, to find an angle. <laughs> throw the throw the Bucks into a teaser, right? You can tease them down to a half a point, so all they have to do is win. Uh, that's just a lock of the century. There's just no way Tampa Bay is not winning that game. I'm just telling you right now. Agreed. Agreed. So, <laughs> all right, Marcus, we'll be back next week to break everything down unless uh, unless I have a baby that comes up like unannounced, right? So, yes, so we'll, hopefully we'll it happens. We'll figure that thing out. Or Sound good? Sounds good. All right, we'll talk to you all next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.